This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 153. I'm Peter Mitchell here with Jackson Stover. And today we're finally talking about actual basketball that's been played. Now that the All-Star break has come and gone, we're going to play a game of what are the odds. We each have some burning questions we want to talk about. We're going to give each other odds on what the outcome will be uh, as it pertains to that question. Easy to follow. And then in the second half, we're going to talk NBA draft matchmaker. We're going to take a closer look at three or four teams. Look at their picks. The Thunder, of course. Look at their picks for the upcoming draft. And we're going to talk about who they should take, which direction they should go team building wise. Should be fun. Portland is also in there. They've had a ton of shakeup. So should be interesting. Jackson, let's get to it. All right, so we're going to play a little NBA What Are the Odds? It's very simple. We come up with a hypothetical question. We set odds for the person, and they say whether or not they're going to take them or leave them alone. All right, starting it off, first one I've got for Peter here. What are the odds that my Phoenix Suns still finish as the one seed in the West without Chris Paul? Likely out for the rest of the season. Um, initial diagnosis. Yeah, excuse me. Rest of the regular season. Initial diagnosis put him like potentially missing some first round games or getting back with a couple games left. Some something in that window. Okay. For context, they are six games ahead of the Golden State Warriors, eight games ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies. So I said yes is minus 150. Oh, wow. So you, you're not having that much faith. No, plus 175. Well, I'm going to go yes there. I appreciate those odds. I would hammer the minus 150 out of hope. Um, not as much because I feel good that the Suns are going to stay hot and not drop any more games. I don't think that's realistic. We're going to have some losses. Big game against the Jazz today. I'm well aware that that is not an automatic dub, even though it's at home. But the thing with the Warriors is Draymond Green, that injury there is just as big as the Chris Paul injury. They've struggled since he's gone out. They're barely above 500. And I don't think that they've got enough ammo to catch the Suns right now unless Jonathan Kaminga, the good old cum bucket, just starts going absolutely bonkers. I don't know. Or maybe if Clay just starts turning into vintage 2015 Clay. I don't know. But that's the only way I think they could do it. So I feel good about the Suns. Does that make sense? More yeah, so betting you, against the Warriors. Do you think my odds were accurate? Uh, I think the, the little bit of shade there to the Suns. A little bit How? of shade there. I think it should be like minus 225. Okay. So you think it's a lock? I don't. I wouldn't quite go as far as a lock, but I feel pretty damn good about it. More so because there's 20 games left. You know, we're, we're not going to go worse than 500. Our schedule's pretty freaking easy. We got one of the easiest schedules left to the rest of the way and the Warriors might not get Draymond Green back to the playoffs either they're in a pretty similar situation so for them to make up six games in in a 22 game 20 or less yeah whatever it is 2022 I just don't see it but anything can happen hell Grizzlies could go 21 and one or something and next thing you know they're knocking on the door I mean probably not gonna happen but anything's possible yeah I, I think they'll get it done Booker point book is back 
he, he was in this role before Chris Paul came over there and he's clearly gotten even better at it with Chris Paul being there as a mentor. I agree with you hundred percent. Golden state has the fifth toughest schedule remaining as well. They play Memphis, Phoenix once Miami, Denver Big game twice. Against Dallas today, right after we record this, that'll probably be getting ready to go. Right. And Jamal Murray might come back uh, before the end of the season here. We don't know. So I was going to say, have you heard anything? Cause that I, waiting to get any word that indicates one thing or another. It still seems pretty silent on that front. I haven't heard any concrete dates, but I heard there is likelihood that him and Michael Porter come back this year. Oh, wow. Wow. So the the, the West might get weird in the playoffs, and we could, could see a Golden State-Denver first-round matchup, which would be one for the ages. Yeah, and there's still a chance that we could wind up with Phoenix and the Lakers also. Right. Okay, first one for me. Yeah, Jackson. let's hear it. What are the odds the Sixers win the Eastern Conference? Man, when the trade happened, I would have said it's not very likely. I probably would have given them like plus 800, 8 to 1 odds, just looking at what Milwaukee and the Nets have talent-wise. And I mean, who knows what you're going to get with Harden and that uncertainty. Plus, you give up guys like Seth Curry that have really meant a lot to you, kind of being stars in their role, as you always like to say. So I wasn't as optimistic, but after seeing two games, the second one is finishing up right now. They got a five-point lead on the Knicks with five and a half minutes left. I think they're going to get it done. The pairing with Embiid and Harden looks really freaking good. And for that reason, I'm going to give them plus 400 odds. I think that they have the third best chance in the East. I still like the Nets and Milwaukee a little bit better, but I could be persuaded otherwise the more I see with Philly. And I think Maxi is going to jump Tobias Harris. He's going to be third guy on this team. Oh, he looks really good, man. He looks like the third best option, like a big three with him Embiid and Harden for years to come potentially. So I like him plus 400 and I feel like that's pretty generous. Would you take that? I'm going to take it uh, mainly because I went to FanDuel and they're sitting at plus 350. So I'm getting even better value from you. I did Uh, a look. Yeah, I'm with you on this 100%. I caught some of Harden's debut Friday night at Minnesota. Looked good. Distributed the ball really well. I think he had like 27, 8, and 12. Embiid had 34 and 10 on good efficiency. Embiid's going to win the MVP. Like Harden is not going to make him worse. They're both going to put up 30 plus a game, I think. I didn't. Th- we talked not about saying this. that you did. Not saying yeah. that you did. I didn't think it would make him worse, but definitely you have to ask if it it's going to affect his usage. Well, he dropped 34 and 10. He's got 35 right now in the fourth <laughs> yeah. quarter of the Knicks game. I think he game. shot 22 free throws. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That man is unstoppable. He's got the pump fake in his bag now uh, from the baseline. He can just draw a foul any moment he wants. I'm with you. I, I really think they could come out of the East. I feel better about them than Brooklyn because there's Rank the so four. much uncertainty. Rank your top four. I think it's got to be consensus that it's Milwaukee, Nets, Heat, and the 76ers. But in what order would you put those? Well, that's that's my question to you because I'm not so certain it's those three. Are we overlooking Chicago or Miami at all? Miami's just quietly crawled their way up to the top of the East with Chicago and we don't even I, talk about them. I put Miami them. in there. I put them as the fourth, right? Or one of the four. Oh, Milwaukee, I, I didn't, Brooklyn. I didn't catch that. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami, and Philly. 
Okay. Yeah, I I would give Milwaukee. Fuck it, rank those five. I I'll, I'll keep Milwaukee at one, just very slightly, because I know Giannis isn't going to fold in the playoffs. That's a tie break. Sure, I mean they're reigning champs. That makes sense. Two, I'm going to go Philly. Oh wow, not Brooklyn. Okay, it's, it's always about who has the best player in a series. KD probably is the best. Yeah. Of those three players. But when you have a dominant perimeter force in Harden and a dominant big down low with no one to answer uh, his attack on defense, what is it going to be? Andre Drummond, who Embiid clowned prior Claxton. to being teammates with him? Nick Claxton, those guys aren't stopping him. Give me Philly there plus. There, there was some news that Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, might um, phase out the mandates. That could be huge for Kyrie. It sounds like it's coming. Yeah. But we don't know about Simmons. We don't know what he's going to look like. We don't know about Kyrie. Did you see the news that he's having back problems now? Yeah. And I, I, I got a pretty strong feeling that his back issues that are coming with the conditioning, I think he'll be just fine as soon as uh, the day after whatever that the day that return to Philly, Philly would be. Yeah, I think that's what's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, three, I'm going to go Miami. All right, now you're just trying to irk me. I here. can't put Brooklyn there. I, I can't Why? do it. Even if you just get KD and Kyrie, that's enough to be a top three or four contender in the East for damn sure. I just got to go with the information I have right now. now. You got some other guys. Patty Mills is still there. There are guys like real options. There is. uh, I'm going to put them four though, ahead of Chicago. Chicago's been playing out of their minds. DeRozan back in the MVP conversation, but again, haven't seen it. And Vooch really can't play that great a defense. Like if they run into the Sixers in the second round matchup, Embiid's going to put up. 35 a game in the series he's gonna dominate he's probably gonna do that in most series but that's fair <laughs> i guess there's pretty few people that can't stop him but you get what i'm saying right i'm a little a little worried about the bucks though we still don't really know about brooke lopez i did like the abaca pickup but he hasn't been who knows the same with him either. Since, since uh he was in toronto i mean big win for the nets last night yeah big win for them so milwaukee Philly, Miami, Brooklyn, Chicago. All right. We'll revisit that in the following weeks. Next one that I've got for you, kind of piggybacking off this, what are the odds that the Brooklyn Nets wind up in the play-in? So this was kind of hard for me to set. But I came out with, yes, they will end up in the play-in at minus 175. Oh, wow. So you think they will be interesting? No, plus 185. Interesting. Tell me more. Okay, so currently they're three and a half games out of six with 21 games left. Right. Their schedule isn't that hard. It's 19th toughest remaining, but they're still not going to have KD for probably another week. Should come back in the next couple. Kyrie... In and out of the lineup. And then defensively, any way you break it down, they've sucked lately. I don't like it, and I look at the teams ahead of them, and I don't really see who's going to falter. Boston is sixth, and they're playing the best ball they've played all year long. 11-1 and in their last 12. Best defense in the league. Who's it going to be? Nets are in the plan. 
I think it could very well be the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've had a lot of guys in and out. Garland's been out recently. They haven't looked great as of late. Kind of been up and down. So currently they are, let's see, four and a half games up on the Nets. I don't think that's unrealistic that the Nets have a hot streak when KD does come back. If the mandate does get lifted and Kyrie can play all of a sudden, I think that that team's looking pretty freaking good. And then add Ben Simmons in there, even if he's not shooting the ball, just coming in and playing good defense. Let's not forget that this guy was what second place in voting for defensive player of the year at one point. So add him to the mix and all of a sudden, they're going to be pretty damn good. And I think that they could finish on a pretty hot streak, make their way up to the five or six seed. I think they could very well jump Toronto. Only one game behind them. That's all it would take. Jumping Toronto and Cleveland. I think that's realistic. And also Boston. You mentioned they're hot, but should we really trust this Celtics team? If there's one thing that's that I've learned over the last four years, it's that never buy into whatever the Celtics are trying to sell you. It never works. It never does. Not with Tatum and Brown there. So I wouldn't be shocked if they go on another little cold stretch where over 10 games, they go four and six or three and seven. And next thing you know, Brooklyn's a game or two back of them. I'm actually starting to buy it a little bit, man. That's... Yeah, they're only going to get better. Now they've got a little no. bit of continuity with the lineup. Seth Curry there. I'm talking about Boston. Oh, but you're buying Boston. I'm buying a little of this Boston run. I don't really? think it's an anomaly. I think it's legit. They've is it tightened... Derek White? Is, like, everything just... They were playing well when they made that trade. He stepped in, and they've been cruising right along. He moves the ball. They've tightened up the rotation a little bit. I think Udoka knows who he can trust. And you have to remember how young those two stars are. Like They're not going to get any worse. They're still getting better, more mature over time. Do I think we should really be considering them a threat to win the East? Not seriously, but I do think there's a small chance. How deep do you think they can go? Realistically, are you thinking they could go like conference finals? Yeah, for sure. Wow. I guess, yeah. I mean, if they if they get a decent first round matchup and run into like Miami or Chicago in the second round, I think they could do it. Yeah, like if, if somehow they drew Cleveland and then they got Miami or Chicago, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, it will, it will surely depend on the matchup they get. But when you got two stars of that caliber, I think there's a chance. Yeah, that's fair. And then, I mean, you're going to get Lonzo back, Caruso back all of a sudden. If they're healthy at the right time, yeah, they'll be they'll be pretty scary. All right, next one. Wait, did you did you give me your answer? Oh, I'm I'm absolutely taking no. Brooklyn Nets will not be in the plan. I'm gonna spank it. I'm gonna take the plus money if you're giving it to me there. I'm absolutely gonna jump on it because I think right. it's about a coin flip. So, okay, four and a half games to make up there should be difficult. It will be, but it's not like they're just t- chasing one team. They've got a lot ahead of them that all it takes is a few slip-ups and they're right back in it. Okay. Next you one you got for me, right? Yep. Jackson, what are the odds Zion Williamson plays basketball this season? All right. So odds that Zion plays basketball again this season, I'm going to say yes plus 10 billion, kajillion, million, trillion, <laughs> thousand, zeros, infinite going on infinitely. Um, no, we're going to say minus a kajillion, billion, trillion goes on infinitely. 
So I don't think he's going to play basketball again this season. Although he is posting Instagram stories, hyping his teammates up now after JJ called him out. I saw that. Um, Man, I really wanted to say he will come back. I got a better one for you. Yeah. What are the odds Zion Williamson plays basketball in a Pelicans jersey again? I would say yes, minus 200. Wow. I don't think I would. I think it's closer to even odds. So you think, think they might be trade out the door, him this offseason? I wouldn't be surprised if whoever's calling the shots in his camp says, enough of this. We don't trust David Griffin. We don't like how everything played out with the injuries and how the media and the team portrayed him, yada, yada, yada. We're just going to force our way out. And if you're Griff and you can get a few first-round picks or young guys for him, I think at that point you just wash your hands instead of giving him the max money and have to worry about him having another big injury and being on the hook for that. Okay, if that were to happen, what kind of package does he net you? I'm not trading him without getting a high-quality, star-potential young player back. What if you get Shea Gilgis-Alexander in a first-round pick for him? (laughs) I don't know. Don't shoot me, Thunder fans. Just an idea. Giddy could handle the ball. If Zion is actually able to get in shape and get healthy and willing to play in OKC, maybe he doesn't like the media and all the attention after this whole thing, and he wants to just go somewhere where he can be incognito and work. Hey, him and Giddy, Dort out there, I'd roll with it. Whatever picks we got coming this year in the draft, which we're going to get to in a minute, I think it could be fun. That's not too far-fetched of an idea. I'll give you that. I will give you credit for it, but let's let's talk about this season. I thought he would come back. The closer we get to the end here, the more likely I think they just say, we're not risking any injuries with you. You just need to start getting in shape now. Yeah, unless they were to make the playoffs, like get the play-in spot, be in, and he's been showing up to practice, working with them, scrimmaging, and he looks great. He's in shape. Injuries all check out then maybe, but... I just don't see that given the reports that he's whatever weight and having potentially another surgery on his foot. No one really knows still if that's actually happening or not. I I just don't, I don't see it, man. I'd be shocked if we saw him play this year. Well, here's the thing. They're only one game out of the play in right now. They got CJ who's looked good after coming over from the trade. You could easily put Zion back in here and get into the plan mix. The Trailblazers just shut down Nurkic for the rest of the season. Or you they only have like three him, guys. You don't put him back in the mix and you still get in the plan and have a chance to do something just as much as you probably would if you did play him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that they have a shot to win a playoff series as much as I love Zion with everything that's gone on and how many moving parts there are. Just no way that happens, especially with the depth yeah. of the West. But still with what they've got yeah they could probably win a play-in potentially and get into a series with or without him so might as well just stick with what you got cj's been balling that's positive i just focus on that clearly they are when they sent out their season ticket uh stuff for next year they listed cj bi and then somebody else but did not everyone by him yeah yeah I don't know, man. And if if you listening to this don't really know where all this is coming from, J.J. Reddick called him out on first take. 
said he can be a distant teammate, scolded him for not reaching out to CJ McCollum until after CJ went on inside the NBA and said that Zion hadn't yeah. reached out to him. He said his camp has or people close to him have, but he himself hasn't. And there's been other rumblings too, but that, that CJ thing kind of just opened the door to everything else. And then Lastly, who knows, dude, something, something weird Kawhi-like is going on there. People say that it's the mom and the stepdad calling the shots, maybe. And the stepdad's like Uncle Dennis for Kawhi. But it's weird, whatever the hell it is. And I don't like it because I really want to see Zion play for a long time. Yeah, I watched this two minute clip of his dude know, highlights dude. on Twitter. Did that not just make you sick to your stomach? It looked like a different person. I was like, who is this? It looked like an alien nature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's truly spectacular. Hope to see him back soon. All right, let's close this out. Yeah, last one I got for you. What are the odds LeBron James finishes his NBA career as a Los Angeles Laker? All right. I said no at minus 140. Yes at plus 150. Mm. How are we feeling? I think, I think those are pretty fair odds. I think I'm going to go with no, though. I'll, I'll pay the little extra. You know, I'll, I'll throw in a little bit to get the minus the minus 140 or whatever it was you said. Because I think that he's so all about his son that whoever drafts him is just going to get LeBron. And it's just going to be a package deal. And I don't think that when the time comes in, what, three years? Four years? Three years? I don't think the Lakers are going to have the ammunition to potentially maneuver around, trade picks up to go get Bronny well, and hold on to LeBron. That, that's true. Yeah. And I think that there's other teams that are going to see this and realize uh, we can just go cash in a few first, go make sure we position ourselves to get one of the top picks in the draft, take him, either trade for or sign LeBron, who can't be worth that much at this point in their career, but some mid-market team could sell a ton of tickets and get to say they had LeBron James play for their team. So I think there'd be a lot of franchises <clears throat> jumping at the chance to do this. Yeah, I would take the no as well. He's He's already come out in the media and said he's going to play with him. Did this All-Star Weekend. I think you have to take him at his word there. And it wasn't the first time. This has been a thing for like three years now, and everyone's known it. Right, but I think this last statement was the most... It carried the most weight behind it. Absolutely. It was the most definitive. And now I'll say, I don't know if Bronny's necessarily going to be good enough to even get drafted, so that'll be interesting to see if he's even worthy of like a second-round pick, but... If he's borderline NBA worthy, you know he will go in the lottery so somebody can get LeBron with him. That's what I'm most uh, intrigued by. How many teams are going to set up their whole... They're going to be planning a year or two out, creating cap space, getting Some that Some are already planning now, potentially. I mean, what if it's OKC's big brain move and this is what Presti's been positioning for for the last three years? Well... LeBron did come out and say Presti's the real MVP. And there's OKC. been weird rumors of him being linked to OKC every once in a while in free agency. Like, oh, somebody saw LeBron in OKC at a dinner last night, or so-and-so said that he was talking to so-and-so from the team and met with them, or never anything much of substance. But always stuff that just kind of makes you wonder, like, what would it take? I think his son being there would be enough. 
Yeah, I hope Bronny is good enough that he makes it to the league. It would just be a fun story to follow. But man, would that not suck having your rookie year be LeBron's farewell tour as well? I think getting a free pass to the league because of my dad would be pretty cool and I could just make it work. Man, I don't know. It would just be such a strange environment to come up in. Um, Absolutely. Before we close out on this, I want to shed some light on LeGM's doings. He's praising Presti, praising Les Snead of the Rams for trading picks and getting Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, etc. Also praising Kobe Altman for building up the Cavs. LeBron wanted Kobe Altman to trade every asset they had when he was in Cleveland to try and win now. So had they listened to him, they wouldn't be in the position they are now. It's ridiculous. And then with the Westbrook thing at the deadline. Not a LeBron fan. Not a LeBron fan. Let it out. Let it out. This is a safe space. Let's just be real. How can he get mad at the front office when he's the reason they traded for Russell Westbrook? It doesn't make any sense. It's worked out for most of his career. He's been great enough where it's worked out. But I think it's kind of a funny narrative that everyone's always like, oh, you get to play with LeBron. You're so much better. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you get to play for a ring. But the overwhelming majority of guys, when you look at their numbers pre and post LeBron, they're better elsewhere. Now, granted, that's also a lot of times because they're on teams that aren't that good. So maybe they're getting the garbage time buckets or extra shots just because it's not a contender. Right. But still, I, I don't think that it's always just this guarantee of, oh, you get to play with LeBron, you're so much better. I think there's been a lot of moves made by him to get guys there that have not worked out. And it's been pretty bizarre how he's handled it. Like the, the Isaiah Thomas stuff, how that all unfolded and yeah, he didn't want weird. him and like shunned him after the game winner because he knew he was getting traded the next day and all that shit. It just it gets old, dude. Like he, he's freaking one of the best, if not the best of all time. But man. I love watching his team stink for once. I'm not saying that they made the wrong trade getting Anthony Davis because obviously that one worked out. They won a Mickey Mouse title lot, because it of it. Worked out, yeah. But like, think about it in terms of sustainability because his current roster would be Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso. You'd be great. And be you, awesome. you probably need a five, but hell, throw JaVale McGee out there and you got a damn good team, right? Yeah, but he was he was too impatient to make it through the ups and downs with kind of building up a young team. I mean, they had one season where it didn't go great and he was ready to sit on the bench away from everyone else and say trade everyone. Like couldn't even make it through one year with some young guys. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it was a bad trade, but I'm just curious how good they would be now if he had Lonzo's shooting and ball movement off of him, Brandon Ingram to take some pressure off scoring wise, Josh, Josh Hart, Hart to defend on the perimeter, knock down open Caruso. threes, catch and shoot in the corner. Yeah, they'd be sick. Talk about complimentary pieces. Uh, just, just a nice little what if there. For sure. All right. So speaking of what ifs. Should we get into our second part of the show here where we're going to talk a lot of what ifs? We're going to talk draft. We're going to talk 
situational things. If this team winds up here, if this pick conveys, we've penciled in a few teams or keyed in on a few teams that we think are going to be in some of the most interesting positions come draft night. And we're going to kind of take a look at what picks they could wind up with and what guys would make sense there and kind of play some matchmaker. You ready, Peter? Yes, sir. And I, I want to start with the Thunder. Got to. Because there was some drama that happened in the first game after the break. Mm-hmm. And then Giddy was not playing the next night due to uh, some injury management that sounded a little fishy. I'm not ready to say they sat him because of like politics. I don't think that was the sole reason. I think he, he could have used a rest and it was like, ah, sounds like a great time to give you a night off. Yeah. If you don't know what happened, SGA came back from injury. He wasn't on the ball as much during the game. He was kind of trying to force his way back into the offense, which I get it. With him out, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, they're getting a lot of ball handling duties. And there were some fruits of that. We saw Josh Giddy with multiple triple doubles in a row, looking legit as a primary ball handler. Well, after the game, SGA comes out and gets asked a question about playing off ball more similar to how he did with Schroeder and CP. And he pretty much said, it's not my plan A to not have the ball in my hands. It was awkward. It was weird. It was awkward. It was after a 20-point loss to the Suns in which they kind of like hung around the game until the very end. So maybe he was just pissed off about that. But I don't think it's crazy to sit here and think this may become an issue down the road. Yeah, I agree. And I also think when you look at how many assets we've got, and in terms of draft picks at least, some big trade is going to happen eventually. And it would be naive to think that some player won't be attached at some point. And if we are going to be pushing a shit ton of chips to the table and making some crazy move, it's it's not unrealistic to think one of the two guys, it would just be one of the two, not both, but one of them could be included. You know, like I was floating the Zion idea. That's not that realistic, but something could happen. It's not that wild. Yeah. And you have to also wonder if the potential trade ideas coming out before last year's draft got to SGA and he's like why is a I... lot of rumors yeah why is my name continuing to be floated out in packages to get the number one pick or something does OKC not believe in me which and I think it was all media hype I don't think there was any traction there any substance of I mean they gave him, the max, for him. like yeah, it, it it seemed just like media hype. And I think Bill Simmons said on a podcast of like, well, why why don't they just trade SGA for the number one pick and get Cade and he can stay in Oklahoma? And people were like, oh, it makes sense or blah, 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 or do it for LaMelo the year before or whatever it was. And yeah, just weird. Yeah, but then SGA's dropped like 30 plus in each of these two games. Look, <laughs> He's looked, looked really, really good. good outside of some turnovers. Um But with that groundwork laid, Jackson, how does that affect what they do in this draft? They have their own pick, which Mm -hmm. hopefully will be in the top seven or so. They have the Clippers pick, which should be back into the lottery. Anywhere from like six to 18 in all reality. Yeah. And then the Suns first, which, as we discussed earlier, will likely be number 30. Yeah. So, So let's go through each one. 
Yeah, you're going to get one big swing here with your own pick. And then after that, everything else is gravy. You know, the Clippers pick probably won't be top 10. There's a chance it could be. And when you look at it, I think we've got to take a big here. And I mean like a center and a real center. And I think Jalen Duran makes a lot of sense. But I also think that depending on where the pick is, maybe you get a shot at a guy like Jabari Smith or Paolo. And that would be ideal. I mean, I think Jabari Smith, number one, is what we would want if we could get him. If we got the first pick, that's where we should go, right? If we get a top three pick, I would... Who who am I kidding? Presti always has a trick up his sleeve. I'm not going to say it's a guarantee we would pick Jabari, Chet, or Paolo. But I would would think we would. Yeah, I like Ivy a lot. I don't think he makes sense, though, with what we've got with SGA and Giddy. And if there's already a little riff going on about who's handling the ball and all that, I don't think adding a guy who is a ball handler makes a ton of sense there. So, But what if draft Uh, night you trade SGA for Zion and you bring in Ivy? Now that I could (laughs) come around on. I could be okay with that. Absolutely. But I think if we do wind up in like a six to eight or nine range, the guy that you've been salivating about for weeks now, if not months, A.J. Griffin, I think he makes a lot of sense. He's the OKC typical kind of build. I think he'd be a good four, but we'd still be missing that true center and that five. Maybe we get like a Sheboy later in the first and see if he could be someone that would fit. But I'm going to read you all of the guys that I wrote down who I like for OKC. And then I'm, I'm going to kick it to you to take it however you want. Okay. So the guys I like in the beginning are Jabari, Paolo. If, if we get like a top two pick, that's who I want to get, Jabari and Paolo. I, we go back and forth on Chet. I don't think he's a fit for what we need. I think he's more of a three, if not a four. I don't think he's a four or five. I think he's going to get bullied his first four years. I first think he's few a four years when he comes post. in the league. We'll see about that. I think he's going to get beat up a lot. Couldn't even handle some freaking St. Mary's guys last night. Anyway, 25 team. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jabari or Paolo, um, if we have a top pick. And then I like Duran, Griffin, Keegan Murray, or Shaden Sharp. And Shaden Sharp is one that would just be a swing. He's going to be a project coming off the bench. He shouldn't take away from Giddy or SGA. But those are all the guys. I think Keegan Murray could be a good fit at the four. I think he can shoot it. He can rebound it. He's someone that doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands, and he can kind of do it all. Okay. Um, I like Murray. Uber productive forward with size. He should theoretically be a better version of Darius Baisley. He'd be he'd be like the Clippers pick is where I'm looking to take him. Somewhere in that like 9 to 15, 16 range. Yep. Um, Griffin would be great. The thing is, if if our pick is sitting at like five or six, I really think we might go with Durin. I would I would probably prefer that. I think he makes the most sense. Get someone that you know has like eight in potential that at the very least is going to be a great defender, a great rebounder, and have good energy. And can catch lobs and finish. Absolutely. And plays plays freaking hard, man. He brings a little bit of that hard nose kind of don't F with us energy. Yeah. And you need that. I don't know how much that OKC has right now, other than a little bit of Dort. I would love it. And guys, I had in mind with the Clippers pick as well, if it's 
you know, closer to 16 to 18. Mark Williams of Duke had a 28 and 12 game against I like Hughes that. the other day. You know, I've been high on him since last year. Yep. Walker Kessler at Auburn. That dude is getting damn near huge. He's huge. Yeah. Close to 10 blocks every night, it seems like. And he can even stretch the floor a little bit. I think he's going to be a, a really solid player. And I got to throw Ochai back out there because I read this fantastic article by CJ Moore of The Athletic this past week. He got a workout with Dame, who's insanely selective about who comes and works out with him. Mm-hmm. They've got a little relationship now, went to his house to watch a playoff game. And this flip switched for him to where he realizes the kind of work ethic he needs if he really wants to be great. I think Ochai is just now scratching the surface of what he can be. So if you get a guy with this fantastic head on his shoulders. I like it. I think he's someone that is absolutely going to be a rotation player, kind of a glue guy, someone that just fits. But I think he's at the absolute best, like Andre Iguodala is what I see. I don't know. Maybe he's got a little bit more offensive upside and a better shot there, but I just don't see him like being a starting guy for us. So how early would you be willing to take him? Or do you think he would be? Do you think he would replace Dort or someone like that in the starting lineup? I don't think you should be drafting, you know, with that kind of stuff in mind. I think you got to take the best players available. You would draft him how high, though, if he's not going to be able to play more than 25 minutes a night? I think you can take him right here, back into the lottery early on there. With the Clippers pick? Yes. Okay. I I can live with that if it's like, 12 13 14 15 i think that's fine but i just don't see a path to him being one of the you know one of the key pieces but i mean maybe he could kind of be like a mikhail bridges or somebody like that i think he could be like desmond bain oh wow you think that much of him think about it he's just now realizing how good he can be i think his handle is going to continue to get better He's already he's just now shooting the ball really good, but a I very high level fluke. shooter. No, is, it's not. Is, is it's it gotten fluky? better every single year. Yeah, but do you think he's going to shoot it at forty percent in the NBA? I mean, I guess even if he's at like thirty-seven, I do. He, still a win. He's the hardest worker on okay. the Kansas team. I'm telling you, check out this article by C.J. Moore on the Athletic. It will okay. So you're saying he could be like our sixth man? Is how you would project that out. Like he could be someone that just comes off the bench, plays great defense, Gary Trent, has some shooting, Desmond some playmaking, someone like that. Okay, I just naturally look to how he would fit in currently into the lineup because, like, obviously you have SGA, Giddy, and Dort there, and he's not big enough to play the four. I mean, I, I guess you could start all four of them, and Giddy kind of plays the four, and Dort, SGA, and Ochai all just switch everything. He's not going to be a starter at the beginning of the year, like zero chance of that. But I just think when you're drafting a guy in, that's what a senior, he's he's a young senior. What is he? Twenty three. Twenty one. Oh, he's only twenty one. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. Then. Yeah, I was what thinking he was young senior is twenty three? That's an old senior. I mean, a lot of times the guys are redshirt seniors and they're like freaking twenty three, twenty four, damn near twenty five. <laughs> Robbie Hummel is like twenty seven as a senior. He was supposed to redshirt, but he like had he's to been step around in because of injury and had like eighteen his very first game. Okay, and I, yeah, I guess he was like what seventeen his freshman year. Yeah. Didn't didn't even take basketball seriously until like I'll walk that one back. Anything else on the Thunder? 
dream outcome, I guess. Let's say with the picks that we have being our own, the Clippers, the Hawks, and the Suns, what would we come away with here? Jabari Smith with the first pick. You hope the Clippers lands in the lottery. Jalen Duran falls to you. If not, I think you go for Williams or Kessler. Even Jeremy Sohan last night played really well for Baylor. Switchable four, can guard up to the five. can shoot the ball a little bit. I like his game a lot. And then with the Suns pick, give me Trevor Keels of Duke. I like that. I'm not even seeing him on some mocks anymore. Like, is he potentially going to just have to come back for his sophomore year? I think he's legit. I think he's got, he plays with heart. He shoots the ball well. He can get I up in your grill and defend. I would take him with defend. the late first round pick. Yeah, I think he's worth a shot. Absolutely. I think but he's a dog. I guess that's one to watch. Um, something else on Baylor. You mentioned prospect from there. What about Kendall Brown? How would you feel about him? I think he could play the three or the four. He's someone that could maybe kind of be that that wing four Jeremy Grant type role for the Thunder. I know he's a project, but see, I think that's Sohan. I think Sohan could be like Jeremy Grant the way he plays. I liked Kendall Brown a lot at the beginning of the year, but he scares me with the shooting. I wish he would look to score more. He looked good last night. He did. I mean, he shot one three whenever no one wanted he, to close out a on him. Couple, I think, but they were really daring him to shoot. You could tell they were leaving him wide the hell open, and he had to think like, uh, "Should I do it?" And he did, and hit a couple times. Yeah, he's an outstanding defender, great finisher in transition, freak athlete, freak athlete. Yeah, he's a five star. But so many questions on the offensive end. I do not want another Terrence Ferguson type of dude. In OKC, that's fair. Okay, I think he's like Isaac Okoro, but like less of a sure thing. Interesting. All right. Well, moving on to the Grizzlies here. Any other thoughts on the Thunder before we do? No, I mean, there's prospects I want to talk about, but we should probably save them. Yeah, we'll get to them eventually, <laughs> I'm sure. So we've got the Grizzlies here. It's looking like they're probably gonna have three picks. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have their own pick, potentially L.A.'s pick, and then Utah. So they've got their own, and they've got Utah's for sure. And then the Lakers, if it's between 11 and 30. So if the Lakers can just get into the play-in, I believe that the pick will convey to Memphis, and Mm -hmm. they'll have three for sure. If the Lakers completely fall off, everything goes south, and it's a top 10 pick, it goes to the Pelicans. Yeah, that would be huge for them. I I don't see it happening. I I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I just don't see that happening. So I'm going to operate under the assumption here that Memphis is going to get all three of those picks. Right. I think when you look at their roster, they actually kind of have some holes going into next season. Oh, okay. Let's talk about their holes then. Yeah. So behind Jaw, you have DeAnthony Melton, and that's it. Unless you bring Tyus Jones back, he's not under contract. Are they going to extend him? I don't know. He could probably get a decent bag somewhere else. Extending him would take them into the luxury tax. I don't know how eager they are to do that. So maybe they get a guy like Ty Ty Washington potentially with the Lakers pick. 
someone, you know, kind of late in the lottery there. There's not a ton of point guards. Really, when you look, there's some kind of really, really weak two to three true point guards. Extremely weak class for lead guards. Yeah, I mean, that that's almost an understatement. Like, it's weird just trying to figure out, like, who is a true dimer here? Looking at big boards and different mocks, and there's hardly any. So I think Ty Ty Washington being their backup point guard, being behind Jaw, learning from him, that could be a home run. I also think that potentially Mark Williams, Oscar Shibway with one of their later picks would be good. I don't know if they'll be there or if that kind of has to be what they do in the lottery, but I don't know how long-term Steven Adams will be there. I think he's great <laughs> for a year or two, but if you can bring one of those tough young guys in to give them 10, 15, 20 minutes a night, sit behind Adams, learn from him, and then slowly take over that center position. That could just be a safe win for them. Those are the two holes I see, a backup guard and a backup center. Okay. Backup guard, you might be on to something, because Tyus Jones, widely considered one of the best backups in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's a secret to any front offices, so... If he wants to get the bag, I bet he could get close to twelve million a year somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised. Cause he's someone that could be like twenty five, thirty minutes, six man of the year off the bench potentially. I mean, he he's got that type of that type of bag if he's in the right situation. Yeah. Another guy that I think could be really good there with that late lottery pick, depending on kind of how things shake out in his his draft prospect status will be. But I think that Wendell Moore could be great for them. I think he's someone that's kind of a combo guard. He's not really a true point, but he's averaging around five assists a game and can facilitate. And he's someone that can defend. He can knock down jumpers, shooting over 40% from three. He can just fit in anywhere that Memphis would need him, whether it's Desmond Bain getting a rest or Jaw getting a rest or whoever it is guard wise. And I think he can, he can also defensively, guard one through three and he's pretty switchable so i think he can plug in and play there right away and give them 15 to 20 minutes a night yeah okay i like that one they're kind of in a weird spot because they they do have a lot of depth right now it seems i almost wonder if they would just go best player available again like they did last year they seem to believe zyre williams was worth the swing at 10 I don't know if that was best player available. I think that was just guy we liked the most. That it was an upside, upside swing because he was a major high recruit. It was coming. a shock to me that he went that high because he struggled at Stanford. I mean, people were looking at him going late first, potentially. Right, but he, they thought of him that way because he was so highly thought of coming out of high school. Right, right. Um, I almost wonder if they take all three of their picks and make a big consolidation move. We know they have depth. Why couldn't they go idea. get another star? Move up to eight or nine or maybe even like seven and go get Jalen Duran. I mean, if the season ends today, they would have 12, 25, and 28. You yeah, could take all those, move up to seven or eight, get Duran. I think that's pretty realistic. I think that's very realistic. Or and Shaden Sharp, take a swing on him. Yeah, that would be really cool. So what I've heard about him is that he jumps out of the gym and he can shoot the ball well. So whenever he's incredible, bro, go watch some highlights. You'll be a minute in and be like, all right, I'm in on this guy. Jumpers got great form and he has bunnies. His camp says he's going back to Kentucky. Some people don't buy that. So we don't know. 
Wait, for real? Because I've seen him on every mock yes, everywhere I've looked. It is not a sure thing. Ah, oh, shit. I wish it was, man. He's the most intriguing prospect to me because well, it seems like no one knows hardly anything about him and obviously played no college ball and his freaking hoop mixtapes are incredible. Well, that's the thing. It makes no sense for him to play the rest of the year with Kentucky because all he would do is hurt his draft stock. Whereas if he sits, goes to these private team workouts where he shows off that athleticism, he's going to look like a monster. You know what this reminds me of? Hammy Diallo well, at Kentucky. That was going to be a, my guess. He had a very, yeah, very similar situation and timeline when he got there. He did all these workouts, but wasn't going to play at Kentucky. And all of a sudden, people were talking he about him in the lottery. The second semester. Mm-hmm, and could have played, but didn't. And people were talking about him being a top five pick potentially. He came back to school, didn't have that great of a year, and did not go anywhere close to as high as people thought he might at one point. So if I'm sharp and I saw that, I'm thinking I'm going to the league. If I'm a for sure lottery pick, probably top 10, let's go. Yeah. One guy I'm going to throw out here uh, with their first pick, I think they could go with some shooters. Doesn't hurt to pick up Patrick Baldwin Jr. or something, guy who's fallen down the boards because of injury and tough situation. But like uh, Zaire Williams, he was a top three recruit, number yeah. one in his class at one point. I could see them going that way. Or an, a G League guy here, Dyson Daniels, Australian. People really liked what they saw out of him at the Rising Stars thing. Not that you should take much stock in that. <laughs> you can take a little bit of stock, a little bit. But he's six six, and he's good at everything. I think he's he's going to remind some people How of How high Giddy. do you think he's going to go? Because I haven't really seen him like in the lottery or anything like that. I think he could go anywhere from 9, 10 to 18. You think 18 at the latest? Yeah. I mean, I wow. he could fall a little bit. But I, I think he's legit. He's got size. He can pass, shoot a little bit. It's very giddy-ish. That's interesting. Okay. Throw someone like out that. there in Memphis. I mean, so Kyle Anderson's a free agent. You didn't mention him. Dyson Daniels would remind you a bit of Kyle Anderson. Mm, I think I've seen enough of Kyle Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Any other thoughts on the Grizzlies before we move it along with the Blazers here? Nah, let's do it. Okay, so the Blazers have their own pick. They're going to have the Bulls pick. And then they've got the Pelicans pick if it's between 5 and 14. So I don't think they have the Bulls pick. I believe they do. Let me double check here. The way I'm reading it is if they make the playoffs, if Portland makes the playoffs, they lose their pick to Chicago. Oh, you're right. You're right. I read that wrong. My bad. Real GM, it's tricky to follow. Yeah, they have their own pick as long as they're not in the lottery. And then they've got the Pelicans pick if the Pelicans do wind up in the lottery between 5 and 14. So they're probably not going to have a better pick than 5 if they do wind up in the lottery. They'll be fine on that. And it's just a matter of if the Pelicans were to win their play-in matchup, correct? If the Pelicans miss the playoffs, they'll likely get their pick. How does that work in terms of record with a play-in, though? Like, let's say they finish as the eight seed but lose the play-in. Then I think they would fall out, and the pick would be 13 or 14. Okay, that's what I thought. Just wanted to make sure. So, something to watch <laughs> there. But 
that's probably going to wind up being a Blazers pick. I think it's safe that we just kind of operate under the assumption here that it will be. Two lottery picks. Two late lottery picks, most likely. Yeah, we'll see what kind of nosedive Portland takes with Nurkic out and Dame out and no more CJ the last 20, 21 games or so. But I think it's going to be somewhere between 8 and 14. So looking at the Blazers, I think Ty Ty Washington would make a lot of sense. There's not a lot of other point guards. And if you are going to trade Dame, probably want to get a young high prospect point guard in there that could potentially fill the role and could play well next to Simons. So I like him. I think Mathurin is someone that they could be looking at if Mm -hmm. he winds up slipping to seven, eight or nine, whatever range it might be where they could take a stab at him. Then I also think Keegan Murray would be a fit, just somebody that can play the three and the four, provide shooting, because I I just don't think they have much. Like They don't have any guarantees on the team right now, like guaranteed guys that you feel great about. They still got got extend Simons. What you have? Simons, Josh Hart. When they extend him, Josh Hart you do feel good about. And Dame. (laughs) Three guys. If he's there. So you have Josh Hart. You have Josh Hart because Simons has to get extended. Yeah. You have one guy that's for sure going to be there that you can count on. So well, I think you have to count Dame because he's getting guys back. If you that's were to true, if he doesn't him. play, you're getting a lot. Okay. So Dame or pieces for him, but regardless, you still don't have a lot there. So I think Murray is kind of a sure thing. You know, he's going to get boards. You know, he's going to knock down three point jumpers. I think he could be an option there with the second pick. I think maybe Johnny Davis. I think yeah. him and Simons could complement each other. That'd be nice. I don't love Davis, but I think it could work. He's good defensively. He's strong. He could get up in guys and play the two. Let Simons be a little more free-floating. Yeah, and then I think Shibway could be an option with the second late lottery pick. I know it would be early for so him, that's but the that thing would be him. like, a, let's just make sure we get a guy who can rebound and defend in case Nurkic doesn't come back. So, question for you. Sheepway mm-hmm. is not on a lot of boards or he's in the second round on boards. Generally, I've seen him late first more often than I did in follow or in the prior weeks. How do you how do you rate him as a prospect? Where would he go on your board? He dropped 30, 18 and three blocks yesterday. He's a I'll tell you, he wouldn't be any lower than 25. I think he'd be somewhere between 12 and 25. I'm going to have to see how the rest of the season shakes out. I'm going to have to see what he does in the tournament. But behind Duran, I think he's the next best true center prospect. Over Williams and Kessler? Yeah, I think he's right there with Mark Williams, but I've seen way more out of Sheboy. I mean, you don't see Mark Williams going and putting up 30 and 20, and I get there might be some more potential there. But I just think with Shiba, you know what you're going to get. And it's a guy that's going to go and get you at least 12 and 12 every single freaking night. And he's also going to play good defense and block a few shots. Yeah, he's definitely the best rebounder in the class. But I don't think he gives you as much rim protection as Williams or Kessler does. Maybe not quite as much, but it's not like he's a bad defender. Right. I don't think he's someone that's going to get bullied in the league. <clears throat> Chet Holmgren. We should uh, we, oh, we should mention Christian Coloco as well of Arizona. 7-1. That dude is a monster rim protector. He's, where is he he's, projecting he's, to go? He's late first. Okay. Late first on him. Then one other guy 
for the Blazers, we already talked about him, so I'm just going to say it again. Shaden Sharp, I think if he does go, you just take him, send Dame on his way, get a shit ton of assets back, and then you've got Sharp and Simons. You can just kind of start to figure it out, and Josh Hart is there to compliment them both, play good defense, show them the way, instill good habits in them. I think that, screw it. It'd just be a swing worth taking with one of those two lottery picks if you get a shot. Yeah. Um, I like... Everyone you mentioned for them. And I think if you're Portland, you just have your fingers crossed that one of your picks falls down into the top six, maybe top seven. Absolutely. If, if Sharp enters the draft, then you're feeling really good. And I honestly, the back end of the lottery, I, I don't know how I feel about it at all. I think there's kind of a lull after like you've got the top three or four who are really up there and then it's pretty solid to about 10 or 11 and it kind of gets a little eh to, and then like it levels out. I feel like the difference between 13 or 14 and 24 and 25 in this draft isn't going to be that dramatic. So yeah. maybe maybe if Portland winds up with like 10 and 13, they try to package them both together and get up to six or seven maybe like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think they just had to go best player available because we outlined that they don't have any guys. I, don't know. I think I take a I take a swing with one of them, and maybe you just kind of play the tanking game. I think they're gonna look at their roster and realize we cannot unless we get some crazy free agent signing that we just weren't expecting. We cannot put a roster around Dame that's even slightly competitive. So let's just move on play the tank game for a year or two, collect a ton of assets, and start over. That is a storyline to watch because Dame's going to be out the rest of the year. You have to think he was okay with them trading CJ. Either he's all in for next season and he's okay with tanking, or he's got one foot out the door. Yeah, the only reason I think he could be okay with tanking is so he can be like, all right, I'm going to try and just absolutely shatter every scoring record in the book and go put up 50 a game and just shoot 45 times a night. That's well, the only no. he's okay with it because they could get a star next year and then he'd have one more guy to help win next season. So you'd have Dame, another star, and then a bunch of scrubs and go win next season. You got Hart. <laughs> you got Nurkic. Okay, so uh, are you going to pay Nurkic? Simons. Because if you're going to go pay Nurkic and Simons, I don't know if you can go afford to sign another star next summer after you put your your lottery picks, you know, you not, put their payroll on there Nurkic and everything else. Anything. I'm you not either. Stay healthy. Yep, I agree. A couple guys I want to ask you about that I think could be decent options for Portland with second round picks or if they end up in the back end of the first, potentially. I think J.D. Davidson out of Bama and then Quinterly. Both of oh. them. I've seen them like second round guys. I know Davidson was looking to be potentially like a first rounder coming into the season, but that really hasn't happened. He's been coming off the bench and then Shackelford as well. What do you make of all those Bama guys? And are there any that you think could actually go in the first round this year or would be worth taking in the first round? Hmm. So I was... I liked Davison coming in. He was another really highly rated guy out of high school, but the production hasn't really been there. The hair, man. The hair is the hardest thing for me. I don't get how he plays with that. I don't either. Uh, he's fun. 
He can really get out on the break, but I don't really know what his defining skill is offensively. I'm a little you worried know who about. He him. reminds me of a little bit like a poor man's Kobe White at North Carolina. It's like when he has the ball in his hands, he's pretty electric and he's going to do something interesting, but you just don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah. Like Quinterly, but I don't know. I think he's just too small, honestly. Like, if that's the hang up at 6 1. Yeah. If we're a few years down the line and he's like kind of carved out a little role for himself, I wouldn't be stunned, but I don't think there's a very high ceiling there. I like him a lot. I think there's like role player potential with him, but probably not ever starter potential with the size, like you said. So do you just any other you oh, just think that they need another another guard, another ball handler? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think you gotta prepare for Dame to be gone. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. They're gonna know by draft time whether or not he's probably gonna be there, but I think you're gonna even if he does stay, I mean Damon Simons is your backcourt, you're gonna need somebody else to facilitate off the bench. Dyson Daniels might be kind of good there. Maybe so. I think they're going to look for a playmaker. Yeah. Uh, Have you looked at Jean Montero or Kennedy Chandler at all? No, I haven't. Okay. Montero, he's the overtime elite's best prospect. He played in Spain before coming over. Okay. Just check him out on YouTube because he does some like LaMelo 40-foot three-point stuff. Oh, God. Okay. And I think he's pretty polarizing amongst front offices. Okay. And then Kennedy Chandler has just been rock solid point guard for Tennessee. If he was a little bigger, I think he would be lottery pick. But How he's, big are we talking? He's six uh, feet. Six one, 170. It's more like six feet. That's tough. Just really solid, savvy freshman point guard. I like his okay. game. Just I see him late first here. Yeah. Probably more of a college star. We'll see, though. All right. Let's bring it home with the San Antonio Spurs. I think they're another team that is going to be in a pretty interesting position come draft time. They've got their own pick, which could be anywhere from top of the board to mid to late lottery. And then they've also got Boston's pick and Toronto's pick. So a chance that Toronto's pick could be decent and Boston's pick likely is going to be, you know, 22, 23, 24, somewhere in that range, but three pretty decent first. Is there anyone that you really like for the Spurs or like see a certain direction you think they could go? Because they've got a ton of wings and that's kind of combo guards and wings, a lot of them. And that that's about it. And then Pirtle. The Spurs may be the hardest team for me to figure out just because I don't have I don't have a clue who they think is worthy of keeping around. I think we've got a pretty good idea. I think it's going to be DeJounte Murray. It's going to be maybe Lonnie Walker. And I think it's going to be Keldon Johnson. Uh, yeah, probably like DeJounte Murray, Vassell. Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, Vassell. And then and we'll Primo. see what Primo ends up being. Yeah. Okay, so if that's the case, I would really want AJ Griffin. I know they have. Ooh, I know they have the cell. I thought you were gonna go. at the three, but I wouldn't mind having both of them. It could be a Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson kind of thing. Just give me two really athletic guys. You could probably play both of them. Okay, but you got Keldon Johnson who kind of does that as well. You could go he's, Dejounte, he's kind of three, four. Keldon, Vassell, Griffin. 
sure. Yeah, you could. You got athleticism out there. Would you take AJ Griffin over like Paolo or Chet or probably not Jabari? I think like Jabari would be the dream fit here, like him or Paolo. Yeah, well, and, and you'd be asking for the Spurs to tail off quite a bit as well. I mean, they they could end up in the top five for sure. And if that's the case, I think you want to go yeah. get one of those bigger forwards at the top of the class. But if you're not, just saying realistically, Griffin's who you would take if one of those big three or four aren't there. Right. And I think okay. Ivy, definitely, I would go for him if he was still there and just put him and Murray in the backcourt because then you'd have some... That'd be pretty fun. Some length, some athleticism. You'd have Ivy scoring with Murray's defense. That would be one of the best backcourts in the league. Yeah, I like that. And they got a lot of cap space for next year. I mean, they've only got 82 mil on the books right now. They're someone that's going to be interesting to watch because I I don't know what direction they're going to go of kind of just like blow it up and suck for a while or I, I don't even know if there's anything to blow up. I don't know I, what they I don't are. See them, I don't see them cashing any chips in and like bringing a quote-unquote star out there to San Antonio because there's not really anyone to pair him with other than DeJounte Murray, who I like, but he's not at the level yet where you could go get a Brad Beal and it's like, oh, the Spurs are in win-now mode. Watch out. Yeah, and then if the season ended today, they would have 18 and 19 with Toronto and Boston's picks. I don't know if they should just hold on to those and take swings. Just try to get some guys in the door you can develop. Or if you just try to move those two up and get someone who's more of a sure thing. Like if Duran falls, yeah, can you get up I, there? I don't know either, man. A couple guys I wrote down for them. Paolo was the one I circled as the dream. Like if they were to be able to get up to three or four and have a shot I could at see him. him in a Spurs uniform. I think him next to Pirtle would be pretty nice. I think Pirtle would compliment him well. That would be, and then, yeah. Yes. I think Ochai could work out there. I think that Nikola Jovic could be a good fit. He's someone that's kind of a 3-4. He's a shooter. He's a European prospect that I could just see being the classic Spurs move with R.C. Buford there. And then um, Kendall Brown is another guy that I think they could maybe take a shot on him. Um, Wrote down A.J. Griffin as well, and you already hit that. But they're weird, man. It's hard to figure out what the heck they're going to do. Yeah. They're another one of those teams where I think you just have to take the best prospect, even if he does play point guard, because that's really the only position they have. They could use a backup sold on. Yeah, but they still don't have very much depth there. I mean, after DeJounte Murray, who's your next best ball handler? Josh Primo? Oh, Trey Jones. Trey Jones, I guess. I take that back. But that's not someone that I'd be bragging about necessarily. Yeah. They're in a weird spot. They sure are. You got any other final thoughts here on the Spurs or any of the other three teams we talked about? I do not, but what a wild day in college basketball yesterday. One through six and nine all lose. Yeah, it was weird. Like Twilight Zone weird. It it just felt like the next one you knew it was going to happen. Like, oh, here comes another. They're probably going to go down too. Yeah, and the way that that Gonzaga game started, it was like, oh. Well, yeah, you knew pretty quick that that one had a weird vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Did you see the um, the stat that came out? It was something about the last so-and-so number of NCAA champions have been in the top six in Ken Palm adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. No. 
Yeah. Are you saying that Kansas is in the top six? Is that where you're going here? Uh, they're not anymore. But I'm looking at the top six right now. I, I, I honestly think you can just look at Ken Palm and find the best teams like every year. Okay, so who are you saying is the best team? I want to put Gonzaga up there, mm, but I'm not. I don't not. think they have the guard play. Yeah, I like Nimhard, but I think they need more than just that. Kentucky, I'm starting mm-hmm. to come around on. I like Kentucky a lot. How good can Ty Ty be? I think that's a huge X factor for them. Sheba's going to do his thing. Yeah. Baylor, and I don't think they Wheeler have the guard play. Baylor and Ty Ty were hurt. They both came off the bench in this Arkansas game. I don't think either of them were 100%. They're just going to keep getting better as those guys get healthy again. Yep. Arizona, quietly, quietly, maybe one of the best teams. In I'm the not a believer in them. I watched Ark or. Watch Colorado upset them last night, and I don't know. I've I've watched Arizona three or four times this year, and just haven't been that impressed. Okay, all right. I I don't like Houston for whatever reason. I think they lost too much talent last score. year. Yeah, Duke seems like the most talented team to me. I like Duke. They just lack that dominant lead guard. We'll see. It's a weird year. It is a weird year, and it's wide open. I love it. It's going to be a very fun March, and there's going to be some pretty interesting brackets. All right, before we go, Euphoria finale tonight. You ready? Oh, shit, is it really? I got to watch last week's episode. Oh, you didn't watch it? It was a Super Bowl, man. I I got all messed up with the Super Bowl. Okay. Or was that two weeks ago? No, I was at home. I was with you. I had the Super Bowl, and then I was at home after, and yeah, I just got out of whack. I think I might even be one and a half behind or something. Jackson and I watched the All-Star game, hadn't seen each other IRL in a a couple years. That's where we came up with our uh, What Are the Odds segment idea. Yeah, there we go. That's how it works, people. Absolutely. All right, what do you think the Sun score is going to be at here? I'm nervous to check. Down uh, 50 five. to 43. Utah's up. Oh, now down five. You got it up already? Or you just. No, just guessed. Oh, wow. Yeah. As soon as you said that, the score. Oh, fuck you. You're looking at it. Just guessed. Okay. Well, good guess. Good guess. Harden. Four minutes 29, left in the 10, quarter. and 16. What did Embiid have? Like 45, 37, and, and three, 9. 37 and 9. I bet 22 of those at least came at the free throw line. Yeah. All right. Well, bring us home. That's a wrap. You know the drill. Give us that five-star rating. Leave a review. Watch Euphoria tonight and enjoy the memes on Twitter. We'll be back next week. Peace.